Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. Jesus wanted to do the same thing. He wanted Jesus to do the same thing for him like he'd done for others in the time and in times past. He wanted Jesus to work for him the same way he worked for others. But the problem is here again that Jesus is not a Coke machine. He's not a vending machine. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. All right. Well, turn your Bibles once again to the book of Revelations. Revelations, the third chapter. Revelations, the third chapter. Revelations 3. And uh, we're just going to continue uh, speaking about this year of opportunity, the year of the open door, the year of the open door. And today, today we're going to really subtitle this possibilities, possibilities. This is so wonderful. Now, this is the word from the spirit of God. Now, understand our lives are ruled by the spirit of God. If, if you allow that to be, that is. And once the Lord ushers out a word for your life, if you take it in, if you possess that word, you receive the blessings. Amen. Amen. Revelation three you can go, go here very quickly and then we're going to go forward. Now we're going to be here every week until the Lord changes it. Revelation three, verse eight, one verse. The Lord says, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and has not denied my name. The Lord said, I have set before you an open door. Now, now, no matter how hard we try in life, unless there is an open door, uh, the result will always be negative. No matter how hard you try to go outside, if the doors are shut or locked, you're not going out until it opens up. Uh, so as we talk about opportunities or open doors, uh, or we can say in this context today, we're talking about possibilities. An open door represents possibilities. It's possible that something can happen. An open door represents a potential or promise. Potential. Promise. Now, as we talk about open door uh, or potential or possibilities, it, this will require you to think outside the box. This next move of God will require you to think outside of the box. It will require you to, um, to find another way outside of the way that you have heard before. Possibilities will require you to find another way outside of the way that you've heard about before or outside of the way that you've seen others do it before. Possibilities also means that uh, taking a fresh look at an old picture and discovering something entirely new. A fresh look at an old picture and seeing something brand new in it. Possibilities. If you continue to do what you've been doing, you're going to continue to have what you've been having. If you want to continue to have what you had in 2011, and 2010 and 2009 and so forth and so on. If you want to continue to have that, then just simply keep on doing what you've been doing. Hallelujah. 
if you still, if you want to get paid on Friday and be broke on Monday, then keep on partying it up on Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Are you with me? Hallelujah. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. Hallelujah. If you want more anointing, if you want the presence of God over your life, if you want to be this spiritual bombshell, well, then you've got to do something different. Are you hearing me? Possibilities. Possibilities will also say, well, let's try to do the same thing, but let's, we may have to do the same thing, but let's try to do it a different way. Same thing, but a different way. We can get another result that way. Possibility says also that uh, we're going to have to take a risk and trust the word of God. Possibilities. Take a risk and trust him. Possibilities, we can say is also, is the father of hope and also the mother of dreams. Possibilities. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, it's possible. It's possible. Now, in order for us really to grab a hold of possibilities, you have to have an end in view. What do you want? What do you see on the other side of that door? What is for you on the other side of the door? What have you trying to what have you been trying to obtain? What is for you on the other side of the door? What are you aiming after? What are you hunting for? What do you want? What is God laying on your heart? Why do you get up in the morning? Why did you come to church? There must be a reason for your existence. Why are you still breathing? There is a reason. Possibilities. Possibilities. Now, Jesus said in Mark 9, you can make a note of this. You're taking notes. Mark 9, verse 23, Jesus said, Unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. It's possible. It's possible. There's an open door now. It's possible. The Lord says also in Mark 10, 27, and Jesus looking unto them saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. It's possible. What what are you believing God for? What do you need in your life? What is that recurring thing that that seems to entangle your heart or or entangle your life? Tell your neighbor, it's possible now. Now, let's go to the book of John, John 4, John 4. And we're going to talk further about this. I'm going to just do just a little bit of reading. I don't like to do a lot of reading, but I will do just a little bit today just in case some are not familiar with um, this text of Scripture. I don't want to just assume that everyone knows. John, the fourth chapter. Now, John is one of the Gospels. Make sure you find the New Testament there. Just do a little flipping and you'll get to John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John, the fourth chapter, when you get it, say amen. Amen. All right, John, the fourth chapter. And uh, we're going to just do a little bit of reading. 
starting at verse number 46. When you get it, say amen. 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 All right. We we'll see. I still see just a few others flipping. We'll wait for you just a moment. I want you all to get it. We're talking today about possibilities. It's possible. John four verse forty six. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he had rather where he made the water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Galilee, rather out of Judah into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, sir, Come down er, or that is to say, before my son die. Come down before my son die. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servant met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he to inquire he of him uh, the hour when he began to amend. When did he begin to get better? And they said unto him yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that at the same hour in the which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth and himself believed and his whole house this is the this again this is again the second miracle that jesus did when he was come out of judea into galilee chapter 5 verse 1 after this say after this after this now we know that this is right we just read the this after this there was a feast of the jews and jesus went up to jerusalem now there was now there is at Jerusalem by uh, the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, Bethesda uh, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water, I say, I y'all, praise the Lord. Whosoever then uh, first after the troubling of the water, first, here again, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been long, now a long time in that case, he said unto him, what? Now y'all can read with me. He said, what? Will thou be made whole or do you want to be made well? Do you want to get better? The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. 
But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Now, go back over chapter 4. Because here is a picture developing between these two cases. This will help you if you hear what the Spirit of God is saying today. Now, going back into chapter 4, verse number 46, we see that here's a nobleman, uh, a rich man or someone that's on the royal court who is seeking after Jesus. Obviously, he has some type of faith in Jesus to leave from Capernaum. And Capernaum means a valley of comfort, by the way. He leaves his place of comfort in pursuit of Jesus. Why is he going? Because his son is so sick that he's about to die. He's at the point of death. Can you imagine that? His son is at the point of death, his child at the point of death. And no one knows that the horror or the pain of that more than a parent. Your child, point of death. I'm sure he's had all the doctors do whatever they could do, but now the boy is dying. He's probably, his skin is probably discolored. And he's lifeless. And his father is desperate. And so he leaves the place of comfort in pursuit of Jesus. I must go and find Jesus. And obviously he has faith in him to leave comfort to go and seek after Jesus. He's going to get Jesus. His thinking is to bring Jesus back to my home. Now this had been done before because Jairus, whose daughter was sick, met Jesus, ran from his house, found Jesus and, and begged Jesus, please come, my daughter is dying. Jesus said, I'll come. So this had been done before. The same sort of thing happened with Mary and Martha as they told Jesus, hey, our brother's dying, come. He was delayed, he delayed himself a couple of days, but he came. You call, Jesus comes. So this was an established pattern this was an established pattern. If we take this in today's modern day text, we could say uh, this is how uh, prayers were normally answered. You come and you seek him and he comes. You get to Jesus, you pray to Jesus, you know that he hears your prayers and he comes in this way. This is how he does it. You seek him, you find him, you bring him to your house. You seek him, you find him, you bring him to your house. This is how it had been done. This is an established pattern. Say established pattern. So this father is desperate and he knows an established pattern. How to get a prayer through. And he says here, uh, in verse 47... When he heard that Jesus was come to come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him. Here's his pattern that he would come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. Now, what Jesus normally says is, yes, I'll come. But he did not say that at this time. Jesus said to the man, Except you see sign, a sign and a wonder, you won't believe. 
This man was not expecting to get resistance from God. Lord, don't be smart with me. I tell you, my boy is dying. Can you imagine that? You're desperate. You're coming to God. You're desperate. You need an answer now. This is something that is time sensitive. The boy is dying. Time sensitive. This is not something that you can wait on. Give me another month or another year. But it seems as though Jesus put him off. This man comes to Jesus desperate. Lord, could you come? Uh, could you come? Uh, my son is dying. Jesus, I can see Jesus turn around. Except hmm. you see a sign and a wonder. You won't believe. And I can see him sort of turning away from the man. But the man implores Jesus again. He calls him, sir, in the King James Version, verse 49. Sir, come down before my child dies. Sir, indicating, I don't know you. And you don't know me, but I need this from you. Please come and do what I've seen you do before for others. Do that for me. But Jesus gives him another way. And this is what we want to really get into today. The crux of that matter. Can Jesus give you another way? Are you with me? Are we so stuck in what has worked for others that we can't see another way? And this is the same pattern that we see happen in the fifth chapter. As a man has been waiting by the pool for 38 years, or at least has been sick for 38 years, waiting for the troubling of the water, frustrated because it has not worked for him like it has worked for others. The Lord says, can I turn you or take you in another way? Can I give you what you've been wanting but just in another way. Do I have to work that same way? What he wanted, what this man wanted, what many of us want today is for God to be some type of Coke machine. I put my money in, press the button, and it comes out. Put my money in, press the button, and the drink comes out. Put money in, press the button, drink comes out. I seek you, Jesus. I tell you my problem, and the miracle comes out. I seek you, Jesus. I come to church. I tell you my problem, and the miracle comes out. I come to church. I come to the altar, and I get the job. I do this. Is it, is it always the same way? Must we always relate to God as a Coke machine? He's a living being and a person. And sometimes God wants to give you the thing that you've been wanting, but just in a different way. Will you allow him to be who he is? Now, let's talk about this father just for a moment as we go further. So the father was desperate. He and, and but he was also stuck. Jesus wanted to do the same thing. He wanted Jesus to do the same thing for him like he'd done for others in the time and in times past. He wanted Jesus to work for him the same way he worked for others. But the problem is here again that Jesus is not a Coke machine. He's not a vending machine. 
turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm sorry to tell you that, but he's not a vending machine. Hallelujah. Even in your marriages, you want to see a stale marriage? Keep doing things the same way all the time. Over a period of time, your marriage will grow stale. Your relationships will grow stale. You can't even relate, parents, you can't even relate to your children the same way for all of their lives. They won't be sucking on a baby bottle for the rest of their lives. My teenager would probably think I'm halfway crazy if I gave her a baby bottle. My 10-year-old would think I was crazy if I, you know, gave him a little tricycle to ride around and all that stuff. People change. We change. We relate to each other differently. Hallelujah. So we can't get stuck in a pattern, stuck in, stuck in how something is done. We must be fluid. We must be organic. We've got to change. And if we do not change, we will stay in frustration waiting for God to do something when he's already come another way. And how sad and pathetic is that to wait on God when God is standing right there saying, no, I don't want to go that way. I want to go to this way. No, Lord, no, no, Lord. We've always taken 78 uh, to, the, to get to, to Walmart from here. Without, no, I want to go I-20. No, I want, Lord says, no, not 78, I-20. But we can stay there and bicker with God all day long. But if God's driving, he's got the car and the keys. You can bicker with him or just get in the car and go the other way. When Jesus puts up a road roadblock sign or detour sign, let's adhere to it. Amen. So open your eyes to possibilities, to possibilities. He's not a Coke machine. It never occurred to this man that Jesus wanted to, to answer his prayers, but in a different way. Has that occurred to you? We've been asking God for something. Has it occurred to you that God wants to give it to you, but not the way you want to get it? This man wanted something that was safe safe i know this way this way is safe i've heard jesus do this it's safe he wanted something that was proven this is what we do he wanted something reliable he wanted something that was simple from god he wanted something that was understandable something that was uh, comprehensible he wanted something that was popular he'd seen it done in other people before he wanted something that was quick in short and in essence he wanted something that he can control do you want a controllable God? God, you do it this way. This is what I want. Make it snappy now. We want to pull up to God's drive through window. Uh, yeah. Uh, I have a number five blessing. Um, uh, um, I'll take a miracle seven pack number five. Um. Uh, I'll also take a little Holy Ghost shake, jiggle. Um, I'll take some revival fries. Thank you. And you pull around and get it. Is that what we, you want something that you can control when you can control it? But the Lord said no. He wants to give you something fresh, something another way. He said, I want to give you something fresh, something another way.
And this man wanted something that he can control. In essence, again, he wanted something that he could control. He wanted to have uh, some type of say in God's next move. He wanted to have some, some kind of say in how God would get him his answer. But I'm telling you now, in this season of the open door, as God opens the door, he's not allowing you or I to choose what door he opens. He's just opening a door and telling you, you can go through it if you want to. In this season. Mm. The man was saying, look, I have faith in you. Obviously, the man had faith in Jesus and he had faith that Jesus could do it too. But he just didn't want to believe in Jesus. It's possible to have faith, but not believe. How many of you have faith that your check will come in at the first of the month? You have faith that you're going to get paid on payday. You have faith that maybe even you rise tomorrow morning. Do you believe in your employers? Believing talks about intimacy. Believing, once you begin to believe, your life will change. Whatever you believe, you eternal, in, internalize and it changes your entire life. You can have faith without believing. Jesus said to this man, except you see a sign and a wonder, you will not believe. He didn't say except you see a sign and wonder, you won't have faith. No, the man had faith. But Jesus said, you don't believe. And believing changes our lives. Many of us want a miracle. We have faith for a miracle, but we don't want Jesus to change us. We don't want change. We want the miracle, but we don't want change. We don't want to believe, but we want the stuff. But Jesus is after uh, your heart. He's after you believing, not just for stuff. You can have stuff, but what would it profit you to gain the whole world and lose your soul? It was his belief that he was after. Remember Romans 9, 10, 9 says that if you would uh, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you're going to be saved. Not confess and have faith in your heart, but believe. Believing will change your life. Once you believe, it will change your life. You can have faith in a total stranger. As this man did here. Sir, I don't know you, but I have faith that you can do this. That's why I left my place of comfort to seek after you. Don't you know people can have faith in Jesus? They, a lot of people have faith in Jesus around Christmas time. They believe that Jesus existed. They have faith that he existed. But they don't know him. We're almost done today. The Bible says in, in Matthew 13, 15. Matthew 13, 15, it says, for this people's heart is wax gross and their ears are dull of hearing and their eyes have and their eyes. They have closed. At least at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted and I should heal them. They saw so many miracles so many things. Capernaum had seen so many miracles, so many signs and wonders, and yet and still they refused to believe. And this is one reason why Jesus spoke to the man. He said, except you see a sign and wonder, you won't believe. 
Why? Because the man was from Capernaum and Jesus had just been there and he had just done marvelous works in their midst and still they refused to believe in him. Believe what? Believe that he was the Messiah, the son of the living God, the savior of the world. So he said, except you see something, you won't believe. You won't believe. And let me leave you with this today. There is so much more, but we're going to stop it here for the day. The Lord told him, except you see a sign, you won't believe. Except you see a sign, you won't believe. What conditions do you have that you're putting before God in order for you to believe? What are you telling God? Do this and then I'll believe. Because those that give God conditions end up with nothing. Unless our heart is changed to believe. Here again, when you believe, your life will be changed. Whole life changed. This is why your life hasn't, some of our lives haven't changed now because we don't believe. We have faith enough to come to church, faith enough to read the Bible, faith enough. To sit here and listen to a 42-year-old man preach. Faith enough to believe that maybe God is speaking to him and speaking through him. Faith enough to come in, sit, and leave your house. But do you believe in the gospel? We have faith enough to come every once in a while, but do we believe? Believing will change your life. Are you hearing? Amen. When will you believe that you have been delivered or been healed or been set free? Is it when the money is in the bank? Is that what you're going to have to see first? Except you see, you won't believe. So will you believe, finally believe that God has answered your prayer concerning finances when you see money in the bank? Is that the exception that you're laying before God? Is that what you're telling that what you're telling him? Are you telling God, except I see my child come home when I see my child come home, then I'll believe you. Are we telling God uh, that when I see a favorable doctor's report, then I will know that you have healed me when I see the job. Then I'll know that you have provided when I see the car, when I see the house, when I meet Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, whichever one you are. Then I'll believe God that you heard me when I see it, then I'll believe it. When I, when I get it, uh, a higher credit rating, then will you, when, then will you believe God after you see that? When you, when, uh, when you get a lot of people to join, when we get a lot of people to join the church, then will you believe that God has already given us a worldwide anointing? Is that when you will begin to believe after you see it? Will you begin to believe God after you get the raise? Will you begin to believe God after you get the bills paid off? Will you begin to believe God after the kids finish school? What exception are you putting before God? How are you hijacking God? Jesus says, all I want you to do is believe in me. And we say, let me see this first. Let me see this. You do this first. Chop, chop, Jesus. Come on. 
Do it. Do it. Then I'll believe you. Chop, chop. Money's still not there. Hey, you want me to believe in you, right? Where is it? Jesus said to this man, I see you. I know what's in you. And except you see something, you won't believe. What are you putting before God? What, what will God have to do to win your belief? What will you have to see before you begin to believe? We have a whole lot more, but we're going to stop right here for the day. Let's give God a hand of praise. We're done in Jesus' mighty name. Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.